This week, my guest is Robin Kanji. We talk about how she helps businesses find, craft and tell their stories to better engage their customers. Welcome to episode 255 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. I'm Roger Edwards, a marketing guy and keynote speaker from Edinburgh. Talk to me if you want to cut the BS and the complexity from your marketing strategy. Hello and welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. I'd like to thank you as always, for downloading or streaming the show. I really do appreciate you taking the time to plugging me and my guests into your earphones. What's your story? I mean, you'll have a story as an individual, where you came from, where you're going, how your career developed. As a business, you might have a story as well. But do you weave that story into your marketing? That's what I'm going to be talking about this week with my guest, Robin Kanji. She specialises in working with companies to help them discover their story, to refine their story, to craft their story, and to weave it into their marketing to better engage their customers. It's a fascinating interview. I really enjoyed this one. So let's get straight into that interview with Robin right here on the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Robin, welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Thank you, Roger. I'm so excited to be here. So Robin, tell me, where are we Zooming each other from? Now, I'm in Edinburgh, UK, as always. And I am Zooming you from Vancouver, Washington, which I like to call the other Vancouver. It's definitely not as cool as Vancouver, Canada, but it's part of the Portland, Oregon metro area in the Western United States. Well, I've been to the Canadian Vancouver and I went on a very scary suspension bridge there, which took a Ah, lot of the Capolino suspension bridge, I think it's called, uh, took a lot of recovering from, but I haven't (laughs) been to, I haven't been to your Vancouver. So that's definitely, (laughs) definitely somewhere on the list. So Robin, today we're going to talk about storytelling in its many guises and storytelling, particularly in relation to marketing and also in relation to individuals creating personal brands for their marketing. And and you've had quite a bit of experience in this. Indeed, it's something especially specialising in. But before we get into that, Robin, give me a little bit of background about yourself, where you came from, how your career developed, and and basically what makes Robin Kanji tick. (laughs) Sure. Um, So I actually, I got my career start in the marketing world in the tech industry about uh, 12, 13 years ago. Um, Fell into it completely by accident, thought I wanted to be an academic, moved to a city for a guy, and wound up getting a job in marketing and liking it quite a lot. So I spent about 10 years or so working for various mostly B2B tech startups here in Portland, did a stint in the Bay Area. And then about three years ago, the startup that I had helped grow from nine to, I think we were about 25 people when we were acquired and I was the first marketing hire, we got acquired. And um, that was kind of a turning point for me. I had often said I wanted to eventually start my own consultancy and with the acquisition, I had a little bit of extra money. My husband and I had already purchased our house, so we didn't have to worry about having a steady paycheck to get approved for a mortgage. And I felt like the universe was telling me, Robin, this is your chance. You should probably take it. 
So I did. I've been self-employed now for about the past three years. Although the first six months, I kind of like to say they don't count because it was <laughs> just a lot of flailing and figuring out and really having no idea what I was doing. So I don't know, maybe that means they count more. These days I combine a couple of different activities in my business. I consult for startups and small-ish tech companies on their marketing, usually companies that haven't invested a whole lot in marketing to date and are feeling confused about where to begin. And then I also coach other consultants and freelancers like myself who are also feeling confused about marketing and are interested in how they can grow their business from a place where they're mostly coming in through referrals and um, word of mouth to actually building a brand and becoming a bit more of a thought leader and starting to put themselves out there. And I guess that is where story really starts to come into the picture. And that's something that I have a lot of conversations with people about is how do you figure out what your story is, what's compelling about it, and um, then make sure that you're starting to tell it to the right people. Robin, before we talk about storytelling, something caught my attention there. You use the word confused a number of times to describe small tech companies and small businesses being confused about their marketing, but also some mm -hmm. of your coaching clients confused about their marketing. Why do you think, now I have several theories on this subject, but I'll ask you, why do you think marketing confuses people so much? <laughs> I have lots of theories too, but I think I have two big ones. Okay. The first is there's just so much out there. Marketing is always changing. There are new technologies emerging practically every single day. Um, it's very easy to you know, do some searches and some research on how to get started in marketing and come across all kinds of different pieces of often conflicting advice. You know, people saying, oh, well, you need to be on this channel or that channel. You absolutely must have a website or, well, wait, maybe you don't need a website. There's just, there's just so much out there. I think people are struggling with information overload and that leads to confusion. The other thing that, and this is actually, this is a deeper rooted thing, I believe, is that if you are not in the marketing industry, then most of your encounters with marketing are going to be marketing that's directed primarily towards consumers. Mm -hmm. And usually from companies that have very large budgets and very big agencies that they're working with. So you are seeing the successes mostly when you are encountering marketing. You might occasionally also see viral videos where some, some guy decides he wants to upload his pizza recipe on YouTube and for whatever reason it goes viral and now suddenly he makes a living doing this. There's actually, I know this, I know of this guy. <laughs> my, my husband likes to watch his cooking videos. Um, and so when you're hearing about marketing, you are seeing it directed towards consumers and you are seeing it mostly when it's successful. And so that means that when you sit down and try to actually start marketing for yourself, there's often a very big disconnect in terms of what you've seen and what you think marketing is and the results that you are actually seeing when you start to market for yourself. And I think that can also lead to a great deal of confusion and frustration. I, I agree with this. And, and it's and it's funny, as we emerge from the lockdown, and, and a, lot of, a lot of companies effectively just stopped doing marketing during the COVID crisis. And, and as we start to emerge from that lockdown now, there are a lot of companies now starting to look at their marketing again. And, and fortunately for me as a consultant as well, people are starting to get in touch and say, we'd like to have a conversation. But a lot of those conversations often start with sentences like, 
what should our priority be? Should we be looking mm-hmm. at email? Should we be looking at Facebook ads? Should we be looking at Google AdWords? Should we be doing webinars? And I always say, let, let, let's just hold on. Let's just take a deep breath because marketing isn't just about ads. It's not just about webinars. It's about understanding the customer. It's about building an offer based around that customer and that customer's needs. And I do get quite frustrated. And and this frustration comes out on the Marketing and Finance podcast week in, week out, that quite often we never hear about those other parts of marketing, Mm -hmm. the research bits, the defining customer needs, the development of a product or a service to meet that customer need. All we ever hear about is the, I guess, the sexy toys and the shiny toys like Facebook ads and webinars. And, and, And I understand why that happens, because people do get excited about the shiny toys. But as you say, if you go and do some research about marketing on the internet, it's likely that those are the things you're going to hit when you do a Google search. It's the, it's the promotional tools. It's very rare that you'll find information about research or about product development. Or if you do, it's often very complicated, maybe quite academic and yeah. you know, couched in the sort of language that big international consultancy firms like KPMG would use as opposed to normal consultants like you and me who speak English would use. So <laughs> so I, I, I think it's, I, I understand and, and, and agree with you about the confusion. So you use this word storytelling and, and I know that storytelling is one of those alarm bell words, isn't it? That a lot of people just roll their eyes. Oh, it's another marketing person going on about storytelling. Now, I'm not one of those people that I firmly believe in tell, in telling stories. I've always been telling stories. Um, and I do believe that marketing and storytelling is interwoven, but I do think there are some people out there who think that it's a bit of a, you know, it's a bit fluffy and it's, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't, it doesn't, it it doesn't, there's no return on investment in storytelling. So what's your take on storytelling from a high level before we dig a little bit deeper into exactly how you help people with it? The first thing I'll say is I'm completely biased because (laughs) I, like you, Roger, I've been telling stories my entire life. I remember being a a tiny little kid and writing fantastical stories and, um, you know, loving to to get caught up in other worlds and other people's stories. And fun fact about me, I'm actually working on my first middle grade novel right now. So I definitely am biased in favor of storytelling. But when it comes to marketing, I think the, the people who who say that storytelling is fluffy or that you can't, you can't measure it. It's, it's a distraction from, from the, the hard stuff, the things that you, you know, the stuff that you can track an ROI on. I think that's coming from a fundamental misunderstanding of what marketing is. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And there's, I actually, it's funny. I was just talking about this yesterday with another person. Um, but when you think about all of the different marketing activities that you're doing, it's very easy to feel extremely busy and productive with Mm. your marketing because there Mm. are just so many things that you can be doing. You can create webinars, you can publish blog articles, you can engage in social media conversations, you can, you know, you can be interviewed on podcasts. There's, there's, it's very easy to book yourself full of marketing activities and feel really busy and then get frustrated when you're not seeing the results that you want. And that's because (laughs) you haven't taken the time to really think about what, what do I want to get out of this marketing? What is my goal here? Who am I trying to reach? What story 
am I trying to tell? If you are willing to put a little bit of time upfront into really understanding what is my unique story and who values it, who really cares a lot about that story, where do they hang out and how can I reach them? And then go into all those marketing activities. You can be just as busy as before and see very, very different results. So I think story, it's one of those missing pieces that is pretty invisible. We don't really see it when we see a brand's advertising and blog articles and other marketing initiatives but it's the glue that binds all of that together and really really can make the difference between a kind of mediocre campaign and one that really reaches the right people and gets you the results that you're looking for. So what are we saying a story actually is in this context? Is a story effectively the why of the company? Is it the mission of the company? The, the vision oh, of the company? that's an interesting question. Um, so I think those things are certainly important. Those probably go beyond marketing. That's pretty foundational stuff. Mm. When I think about storytelling in a marketing context, I think it can be as deep and fundamental as like, this is who we are and this is why we are here and, and our purpose for existence. Um, but it doesn't have to be that existential, especially if you're still figuring that stuff out. Um, like you don't have to overthink it. It can be something more, well, like I'll take myself as an example. I work with people who are feeling confused about marketing and that is, that's kind of a story that I tell. I often, when I'm meeting a new uh, coaching client for the first time, I'll tell a story about how the first couple years of my business, I mostly got new clients through referrals through word of mouth and I grew to a certain point and it was quite comfortable. I was making a good living. I was busy, but not too busy. But I also found that I started to hit a ceiling on what was possible with my time and how I could grow. And I realized, all right, if I want to keep growing this business, I need to start doing something differently. I need to start thinking of myself as a brand, as a company, as mm as someone out there with a story to tell. I guess that, that's a little bit meta because my story is about story. Um, yeah. But when I, start, when I start describing that and I start telling that story to people, they will often nod and say, yes, yes, I'm in the exact same position. I have these clients, I'm getting business through word of mouth, but I want to move into my next phase of growth. I know marketing is a part of it and I'm not sure how. So I'm using a pretty simple story just from my own personal experience as a way to connect with other people who are experiencing something similar and who I could potentially help. Yeah, it's, it, it, I think that's it, isn't it? A lot of people will associate stories with you know, the, the entire plot of Star Wars mm-hmm. and, and you have to have a hero and you have to have a villain and you have to have conflict. And and, and yes, stories can be as wide-ranging as that. But what I quite like to do is, is you actually sit back and just think about all the things that shape you as an individual. You can probably trace it back to a story about something that happened to you as an individual. Now, I, I'm well known in the United Kingdom for being obsessed with simplicity. You know, I get really frustrated with the complexity that a lot of brands, especially financial services brands, bring into their products mm. and into their marketing. And I can trace that back to a time when I attended a Strategy Day in a beautiful country house out in the countryside and I met this guy and we'll call him Benjamin and Benjamin was your archetypal sort of city boy so he had a pinstripe suit on he had red braces and uh, it was almost like the wolf of wall street type of thing 
<laughs> real, 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 real cliche. And we spent the we spent the weeks sticking post-it notes on walls and sticking um, post-it notes on flip charts and rearranging the post-it notes and rearranging the flip charts. And all he did was stood there all week opening in his mouth and spraying us with jargon and gobbledygook. And that was the reason why, because I just couldn't believe how rubbish this was and and how enraging it must be for consumers to be hit with so much complexity, that that was the formative point when I became a more, almost like a champion of simplicity. And I've just told you a story there about how I went to uh, an away day and how it shaped my philosophy. And I think if all of us can trace back to a story, everything that shapes our philosophies. Yes, I completely agree with you, Roger. I think, I mean, storytelling is such a human fundamental thing, right? It goes all the way back to the the ancient myths that we were telling one another as we sat around fires in caves. It's something that I have I have my own story about going into marketing for the first time in a pretty complicated business and being very frustrated with the jargon and the words and the the lack of humanness in mm. the marketing that I was being asked to produce. And I just kept feeling like there must be a better way to do this. And it turns out the better way is to talk to other people like they're human beings, whether that's in a conversation or in a big marketing campaign. So you said you work with smallish companies and also individuals, particularly people who are coaches and consultants and that sort of thing. And and you work with them to extract the stories from their brains. Do, yes. do you ever do you ever get any pushback from people? Are, are they actually actively seeking you out and saying, hey, Robin, we want you to help us find our story? Or do you have to convince them that stories are a good idea? Or, or is it a bit of both? Hmm. Well, it's definitely a bit of both. I would say usually by the time someone comes to me, they are pretty bought in to the importance of story. But I will occasionally get people, this is a very common startup mindset. I mean, it's a, it's a very Silicon Valley thing too, um, where they'll say, I don't want to take all this time to figure out a story and understand my positioning and really get to know my buyers. Why can't we just get started? Why can't we just test some stuff and learn by testing that this whole like learning by testing is um, it's practically, you know, gilded dogma in the startup world these days. And it is important. But again, I think that mindset is a fundamental misunderstanding of what marketing is and what marketing can do. Yeah. Um, so I usually will tell people, okay, well, here's what, here's the difference between just starting to test some stuff and taking a little bit of time up front. And we're not talking about much time. We're really just talking about a few 90 minute conversations with your leadership team. The difference is between starting to run some ads on Facebook and sending out some emails and basically taking a spaghetti approach, throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks versus knowing from the get go, oh, our customers really value these things and they tend to show up in these places. So now that we have this information, we are going to test a few different messages around those values and we're going to run some advertisements and some campaigns on the channels where we know they already are. That kind of testing is yeah. what will help you forward, not the spaghetti approach. Yeah. So how do you go about extracting the stories from A, from the companies and B, from the individuals that you work with? What's the process that you take them through, Robin? Yeah, it's pretty simple and it actually doesn't differ all that much 
between companies and individuals. It's a bit more involved for companies because you're having more conversations. But I usually start by trying to understand what is really, what's unique about you? What is mm-hmm. the unique value that you provide to your target audience? Mm-hmm. Um, for individuals, we talk about creating those that set of irresistible strengths that is really going to make clients see what you have to offer and think, yes, I need that. Mm-hmm. For companies, it's more about understanding your positioning framework. I'm a huge fan of April Dunford and her obviously awesome positioning essay, which if you Google it, you will find it on Medium. She has a book, but you can just read the essay. It's fabulous. Yeah. Um, and so I like to take, I like to assign all of them that essay as required reading <laughs> and then take them through a version of that idea to figure out, all right, what is it about you that's going to be obviously awesome to your target customers? So that's the first thing. And then once we have a set on those really, those critical, important um, strengths and values, either your irresistible strengths for individuals or your positioning framework for companies, then we figure out, all right, who cares a lot about those things? Not just who cares, but who cares a lot? And the example that I give to explain the difference between caring about something and caring a lot about something is between my sister and I. So my sister and I both really enjoy traveling. and she, she definitely, she cares about traveling. She likes to take trips to go to the beach. Um, she visits her friends. She enjoys seeing new places. But I, I'm kind of obsessed with traveling. <laughs> I engage in travel hacking. I play the points and miles game. I have been all over the world and rarely pay for a plane ticket myself. Like this is, this is a full-blown hobby for me, I have a spreadsheet where I keep track of all of my different points and miles and I, I will plan trips sometimes years in advance and I have a whole Google folder full of different trips that I want to take. So if, you, if you're starting a points and miles travel hacking blog, I'm the person who cares a lot about what you have to offer. And my sister, if she's saving for a specific trip, she might come across you and be a, a temporary client for a little while, but I'm I'm the person who cares a lot. So whatever your business is, you want to find that version of me. And so we, we start kind of at the high level, just figuring, okay, that means this person has this kind of a job title. They tend to work in this kind of industry. They tend to have these kinds of problems. Um, and then I take them through a buyer persona building exercise. And it's almost exactly the same for individuals and for companies. The only difference being that companies usually have more of them. Yeah. Um, and we like it's it's a, a little a little um, a Google slide template where we have like, OK, who, what is the situation this person is in? What are their top goals? What are their biggest business challenges? What keeps them up at night? What are their most common objections? How would you respond to those objections in a way that uplifts your obviously awesome strengths? Um, and between those two things that allows us to um, the sorry between the between that initial work on the positioning and the strengths and then the deep dive into the buyer personas that allows us to get a really really clear picture of what your market looks like what your position within the market is and how you're going to make yourself be in the words of April Dunford obviously awesome to the mm-hmm. kinds of people that you're going after Okay, so once you've got the story, and, and and each company and each individual's story will be different, although there'll probably be some similar strands depending upon what market and what business they're in, how do you get them to weave that story into their marketing communications? Because presumably you're trying to get them to to weave that strand into blogs, into videos, into mm-hmm. in, into whatever communications they're doing. 
Yeah, yeah. So once we complete those first two steps of your positioning and your personas, then I I will have a conversation about, all right, what do we actually do with this? Mm-hmm. What does your action plan look like? And we we take the knowledge that we've gained about where you know, who these people are, what they care about, where they tend to hang out, and I I usually will I, I, it's a brainstorming session, but because I'm they don't know as much about marketing, I usually wind up making some recommendations <laughs> as part of it. Um, we figure out okay, what does a sustainable plan look like for you in terms of where you're going to show up, how you're going to show up, and what you're going to talk about. For an individual, that might simply mean um, starting up a weekly newsletter and being a little bit more active on Instagram. Mm -hmm. For a company, that probably means putting together some more complex campaigns around, um, you know, involving some ad spend and some organic content and and a number of different things. but usually I recommend that people just start small, like just pick one, one aspect of all the stuff that we've talked about. One thing that you think is going to resonate with your clients, one story that you want to tell, and let's find some places where you can tell it. That's the very, I mean, we could go on for hours about what that <laughs> looks like, but, but that's the simple version. Based on what you've learned about yourself, your strengths, and your clients, Pick one story that you want to tell that's going to resonate with those people and then tell it consistently. Show up day after day, week after week on the channels where you know these people are hanging out and eventually you will reach them or you won't. And then you'll learn some things about whether you were <laughs> whether you were telling the wrong story to begin with. Marketing is always a little bit of a, um, I don't want to call it a crapshoot, but you know, <laughs> It's a learning process. There's always experimentation involved. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't and you learn and you move on. Absolutely. You should always be refining. You should be refining your product. You should be refining your message. And I guess you should be refining your stories. Now, one of the one of the issues that I think marketing has across the world, doesn't matter which country, which market you're in, is that unfortunately a lot of marketing these days is annoying. You know, you get bombarded, <laughs> yes. don't you? You get bombarded often with emails. You subscribe to an email list, especially if it's a webinar email list, and they'll send you hundreds Oof. of emails. You know, you connect with somebody on on LinkedIn and within a microsecond, they've sent you an email saying, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. And people get cross and get annoyed and start hitting unsubscribe buttons and, and just zone out of that particular brand. And I have this little phrase, I call it engage, don't enrage, because I think, <laughs> I I think, like you, sh- I think you should be trying to engage with the customer. So, so is all this storytelling focus that you that you help your clients with, Robin, is that about engagement? Is this a way of creating a relationship with a potential customer that gets that customer to like you and to trust you as an individual before doing business with you, as opposed to, you know, just bombarding them with marketing missiles and marketing bombs? Mm -hmm. Yes. And actually, one of the things that I will always say to a new client, whether a company or an individual, is if you need immediate results, then I'm not the person that you need to be having a conversation with right now. You Mm -hmm. need to be investing in sales. Mm -hmm. And that sometimes will mean interrupting people. Um, Yeah. Sales is a grind. It's a bit of a hustle and it can annoy people. But it like if, if you need a quick payoff, that is going to be the absolute fastest way. Work your network. Find people to do one-on-one outreach with. Invest in sales if you really mm-hmm. need to be earning money, you know, between months zero and three. 
If you're okay with looking out three, six, 12 months and thinking about what you'd like your business to be doing for you in that time frame, that's when you're ready to start thinking about marketing. And the actually, it's, it's, it's interesting. Again, just yesterday I was talking about um, one of the biggest myths in marketing, I think, among people who are not practitioners is that it's sleazy. You know, we have this, this kind of used car salesman picture of, of marketing. It's, you, we see these obnoxious ads. We get spammed all the time, just like you were describing, Roger. And what I try to help people understand is that really the, the best marketing is about building trust. Yes. And you tell your story as a way to build trust with another person. You start to build that connection. You invite them to join your orbit, I guess. Is, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you invite them to join to join your to join the orbit of your little marketing universe. And if they say, yes, I'm interested in, then you have permission to start engaging with them a bit more. But I really, I think, gosh, consent is so undervalued in marketing these days. And I really, I'm a very strong advocate for consent-based marketing. I actually, as a personal decision, I don't even run any retargeting ads because I I feel like the consensual boundaries are sort of blurry. Like you've got now with GDPR, you've got that little okay box that you have to check whenever you go to a new website. And technically that means you've opted in to get retargeting. But you know, that's like saying you accepted the terms and conditions. So therefore like we can do whatever we said in them. Um, No one reads those things. So I really, I, it takes longer to build an audience and a following with a consent-based approach, but you are going to get a much higher level of engagement with the people who have opted in to hear from you and who do want to hear what you have to say. And um, I think telling, telling a compelling story is one of the most powerful ways to do that. That's fantastic. And Around about this point in the podcast, I usually ask my guests a question along these lines. What's the one big thing that you'd like the listeners of the Marketing and Finance podcast to take away from all the experience you've had building your business around storytelling and helping your clients? Now, I think you've probably just answered that question with that statement that you just finished with there, Robin. But have you got anything else you'd just like to add in that context? Uh, Yes, I think... The, the most important thing is to understand your customer. It's so basic. It sounds so cliched. But if you understand your customer and what they care about and what they need and how you, specifically you, not your competitors, not your partners, not other people in your space, but you specifically, if you understand how you can help them, Mm-hmm. then that's going to make the rest of your marketing feel maybe not easier, but definitely simpler. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I agree with that. Robin, it's been fabulous to talk to you this afternoon. And in fairness, we could probably carry on talking for a lot longer than we are because <laughs> the, this subject, uh, you know, you can really you can really dig deep into it. And, and it is something that I think all companies, whether you are 
individual one-person companies or you are bigger companies of many, many people, storytelling is absolutely key to customer engagement. And I really do wish that a lot of companies wouldn't see it as something fluffy and something you can't get a return on investment with. I wish they would view it as something which is absolutely integral to getting that customer engagement. Now, I'm hoping that people listening to the show would like to get in touch with you, Robin. So tell me, what is the best way that people should connect with you? Thank you. Um, so the best way is to just simply look me up. My name is Robin Kanji. Um, it's like Angie with a C in front of it. Um, you can Google me and you'll find my website. I'm very active on Twitter. My a search for, for my name will lead you to all those places. But if you think, Robin, I can't remember how to spell your last name. Um, this is one of those random, random viral moments that I've had uh, in my career. The easiest way to find me, if you don't want to remember my name, is to search for one minute pitch examples. And I will come up as the second or third result because of this asset that I put together probably three years ago when I was first getting started and had no idea what I was doing. And then recently looked at my analytics again and discovered, oh, wow, people are searching on this and I'm actually ranking. I should probably redirect that to, you know, something a little more relevant to what I do now. So if you search for one minute pitch examples, you'll find me in, um, depending on your your Google history in top one to five, but on the first page. <laughs> Welcome your questions about storytelling and um and anything else marketing related. That's fantastic, Robin. And I will include the links to all of those things you've talked about in the show notes of the podcast, which you can find at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash M-A-F. That's rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash M-A-F. Robin, thank you so much for coming on the show. Let me wish you all the success for the future. Now, I always say to my guests, if you're ever in town, come and look me up and we'll have a coffee or a beer or a glass of wine. Given the fact that there's about 6,000 miles between us and the beauty of Zoom has brought us together today, I think it's probably a little bit harder than if we were in the same country, but the invitation is still put out there. (laughs) Thank you so much, Roger. I will take you up on it when we can resume our international travels again. Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. I'll catch you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep marketing your business to keep growing your business.